You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. I hope that video stirred something inside of you. as possibly it does when you scroll through Facebook and your social media feeds, and when you turn on the local news, when you go to YouTube. Our country is broken and needs help that only God can provide. And you know, if you're like me with the, the week, this past week of just everything stirring with elections and everything being said and sides being chosen and division becoming wider, there's really only one thing we can do at this point, and that's pray. I'm 41, and I can tell you that in the desperate times of my life when I faced astronomical odds in my life as our country is facing, the times when I would be on my knees and desperately crying out to the Lord, every single time in my life, the Lord has always come through. The Lord says that he rules all the nations He directs the courses of everything in our world. He's created everything by him, for him. And by Christ our Savior, he holds everything together. If we believe that, then prayer in Christ Jesus is our only hope for this nation. And so I want you to join me as we have the last four weeks. And I want to encourage you to get into a posture of surrender, whether that's right where you're sitting, whether that's standing up, whether that's taking a knee. And I want us, as the body of Christ right here, to enter in together in prayer for our nation. Let's pray. God of all creation, our heavenly Father, Lord Almighty, our Savior, Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Holy Spirit, all-encompassing presence of God, We come to you, into your presence boldly because what was done for us by Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, to save our world, to save our nation. We know that you, your word says that you've been patient with us. You are slow to anger, not wanting a single person to perish without knowing your son, Jesus. And God, in all the chaos and all the confusion, all the division, all the hate, all the fighting, all the judging, we look when we are operating in our own strength. God does give us more than we can handle when we allow men, mankind to rule over us. But he never gives us more than we can handle when we have Christ in the center of our boat. For we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. 
strengthen our families, bring healing to our families and the people within the families who are sick. God, bring protection among our men and women who are serving our country right now, in country and overseas, God. I know we have a few that are in service and I just even wanna mention him by name, Logan Swinderman. We pray for protection as he's serving overseas, God. And all of the soldiers and officers, God, would you protect them? Draw their eyes to you, oh God. Anyone else who has family members in the service, God, we just pray for peace and a coverage that comes from your kingdom. And now we pray for those in our community who are broken, who are so lost without you, God. God, move. We give you permission to move and have your way. Get us out of the way, Lord. I pray for this trick-or-treat drive-through, God, that has hundreds of vehicles drive through, that all of them would be open to the gospel, life-changing news. And you would set people free through the testimony of people right here. God, thank you that you tell us that we will overcome this fallen world by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, in the word of our testimony. God, for those hearing my voice right now who say they don't have a testimony, Jesus, meet them right where they're at. Direct their eyes to the cross that brings life and freedom. That's their testimony. That's their testimony. We give you thanks, God. Come and take my words, take this message. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We are closing this Kingdom Voter series today. Hope that you've been encouraged. I hope you've been challenged, and I hope you've been motivated to be a voice. Registration for voting is closed. Um, so if that's you, it's a little late, but it's not too late to pray. It's not too late to be an influence. It's not too late to stand for the kingdom of God. If you're registered to vote and you're just not sure yet, uh, our first goal of the kingdom of God, that if you show the goals for this series, the first goal is that we would awaken um, to our rich privilege and Christian responsibility to have a voice, voice by, by voting. So we're just a couple weeks away. We want to realign ourselves to God's kingdom, which is his rule and his reign, not just for voting, but friends, I'm gonna cover in this message today, the kingdom of God is supposed to rule and reign in our lives every second that we have breath. From how we decide what to do with our lives, from, from uh, how we parent, from how we respond and react to the things going around us, from how we plan for the future, for how we handle our money. All of it should be directed from God. And then the, the last thing is what we just did is turn our hearts back to God in prayer for our nation. And I just want to let you know that um, uh, to give credit, this series has primarily been uh, based and driven by a book by Tony Evans uh, called How, Christians, How Should Christians Vote? Uh, Tony Evans is an amazing pastor and uh, he, I think, hits the nail on the head uh, with this. It's a short book, so feel free to order that on Amazon. Before we get going with the message, I do want to do something that we've done the last four weeks, and that's if we could all stand to our feet if we all could, if, ab if you're able, cross your heart with your right hand and let's pledge this together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America.
and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. God did not come to take sides in this current election, friends. God came to take over. That has been his plan since the beginning of creation. And we're going to see today what happens when man, mankind, I'm not talking about the, the gender, but when man decides that God is not the ruler or the king of their life and their nation any longer. And there's a lot of correlations to what we are facing and where we are at as a country called the United States of America. Still an amazing country that we are truly blessed to be citizens of. But there is absolutely brokenness and destruction getting worse and worse and worse. And it's the role, I believe, of the church to awaken and to start to live out the design in our own lives so that it would then impact culture and culture then would drive the government structure and system. Kingdom voting for the definition of this series is this, the opportunity and responsibility of Christian, or committed Christians to partner with God. How? By expanding his rule in society through civil government. We've also looked that it's only to the degree that you include God's person and God's policies in, civil, in society through civil government as he defines it, that we can begin to see healing in the church so that it can be modeled to the culture. Friends, it starts with us. It really does. And your vote matters. Your voice matters. The kingdom of God was never designed to keep silent. There's a house that I pass almost every single day. And often, it grabs my attention every time. Now, this house was probably built in the 60s. It appears that it was built on solid foundation, built with proper materials and by people who knew what they were doing. How do I know that? Is because if it didn't, it wouldn't still be standing today. It would be a heap of crumbled mess. But the last nine years or more, it has been vacant. No one living there, boarded up everywhere, and left abandoned to rot and decay. Now, I'm sure at some point that house was a home to a family or maybe multiple families throughout the years. But now it's just a home for rodents and creeping things. Everything is outgrown. It is such an eyesore. It looks a mess. And sadly, that's what happens when a structure is built on solid foundation and it's built according to a standard. But then people leave that foundation, they leave that standard, and they abandon that structure. And they wonder why there's rot and decay and eventually a crumbling heap of debris mess, chaos. Sadly, our nation is experiencing the same thing. When our nation was built, when our country was built, it was primarily, I say primarily because maybe not 100%, but it was primarily built on biblical principles that represent the kingdom of God and what God designed life and civilization to be. Would you agree with me? And over the years, within our government system, the governing structure that is supposed to promote 
and protect the values and the principles in which our country was founded. Our government has slowly left the building, left the structure, left the foundation, and we wonder why in our culture and our country we are seeing rot and decay. Our nation is hemorrhaging because we have disconnected from the life source and we have cut ourselves by seeking things that never were designed to be sought after. When a nation aligns its persons and its policies to the foundation we're talking about on God's word, and when this foundation is filled with people who want to honor the structure and the standard in which it was designed, so they're going to care for it and they're going to maintain it. When that happens, God brings blessing and favor as we've seen before. The people in that structure and in that home and underneath that leadership receive blessing rather than God detesting what they're doing. However, when a nation evicts God from that home that he built on the foundation of his values and principles, we push God out. We board up the windows and the doors and we redefine the standard that built that house in the first place. When that happens, friends, all the rodents, all the creeping things, and all the weeds build up in and around the house, choking life, weakening the stability of the structure. And that is where we're at, my friends. There is still hope in Jesus, but our government and our culture and our society is hemorrhaging for a lack of alignment and connection to allowing God to be the ruler and king and president. I want to take you to a place in Scripture in 1 Samuel And I want to first, if you're turning to it, uh, it will be on the screen, but it's 1 Samuel chapter 8. I want to define civil government as God defines it, not as man defines it and not as our current administration or current government officials define it. The rest of this message, friends, is going to be addressing very controversial challenging issues. That there are voices and opinions and philosophies that are totally drawing people away from the foundation of God. God's word is true, unchanging. It is breathed and inspired by God. It slices through bone and marrow. That means it slices through man's human reasoning. We looked last week at the origins of sin in the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was the tree of information. I referred it to as the Google tree. It's the tree of information. God has given them everything that they need but yet they pursue the things of the world and human reasoning to get the answers for what is good and what is wrong. And so our country has been living out a governing system that is now defining and redefining how life and civilization is supposed to be lived out. That is not God's design, friends. And so we need to look at his word and his word alone. Then we need to make the decision, are we going to follow it or not? So civil government is this. Can we put up that definition, please? To maintain a safe, just, righteous, and compassionately responsible environment for freedom to flourish. When this happens, people are able to live out their divine responsibility for being on this earth 
It is to maintain a safe, just, righteous, and compassionately responsible environment for freedom to flourish. When this happens, people are able to live out their divine responsibility for being on this earth. So the civil government is present and was designed to promote and protect the values and the policies of the kingdom of God. And that they're carried out for each person who chooses to live by God's design. Before kings were ever brought into the picture in the Old Testament, the governing system was developed by God through the wisdom of Jethro, which was Moses' father-in-law. And the wisdom was, you can't govern Israel on your own. You need to elect judges into every tribe and every section and every territory. And these judges represent the kingdom of God. The voice of God. They would hear people's cases, hear people's um, um, debates and arguments against other people and feuds over property and crops and animals and different things like that. And they would always represent God and his principles and his policies in bringing peace to families of Israel and the whole nation. But then we turn to First Samuel chapter 8, we see something different about the Israelites that it's just this revolving cycle. They get distracted. They get apathetic. Frankly, they get pathetic. And they seek the things of other nations that don't acknowledge God as king. They don't like the structure that God has given them any longer. They believe the lie that God is holding out on them. The same lie that Eve and Adam bought into. So let's look at this scripture together. First Samuel Chapter 8, verse 1 through 9. Let's read. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Samuel was like a judge. He was an elder. He was a seer where they went for um, advice on behalf of God. And Samuel represented God in the decisions of the people. But now you're old and your sons are not like you. We don't like them Give us a king to judge us like the other nations have. They want what others have. Samuel was displeased with the request and went to the Lord for guidance. Israel's leader goes to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt through the Red Sea, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. Eye-opening, isn't it? From the scripture, I believe it's true that God never, ever designed civil government to take the place of God, ever. There is one king, there is one president, and that throne is filled and will always be filled. Amen? God alone 
designed and created all things to be under his reign and his rulership, not man-made kings and governments. Is government structure of God? Some of it is. But it has to follow the person and the policies of the kingdom of God. You see, when human reasoning and man-made politics become the center of defining what is right and wrong, we are sliding down such a steep slip and slide that does not end well. Civil government, as I just said, never was created to play the role of God. It was the kingdom of God and those living by the precepts under the rule of God that were supposed to drive and influence and impact culture, society, and the governing systems, keeping them together as a nation. So look what happens in scripture following the next couple verses when people decide to remove God as president of their nation and put a man or a female in office. Let's look at this. This is how a king will rule over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops, and some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. You know what crops, animals, herbs, and spices were? That was their currency. Do you know who demanded a tenth of the best fruits of every man and woman? It was God. What are we seeing? Manly kingdoms taking not only the rule of God, but taking from people what belongs to the Lord. Hello. He will take a tenth of your grain, that's a tithe, and your grape harvest and distribute it among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female slaves. Back then, they had people who didn't have identity. They were an object. That was not of God's design. That was a product of the fall. So when we think we're not where we should be with unity and division, look how far we have come, thanks to God, and we have so much farther to go. Slavery and bond servants and people without freedom and rights were never part of God's design. He will demand the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks, and you will be his slaves. When that day comes, you will beg for relief from this king that you are now demanding. But then the Lord will not help you. You know, I think when you buy an appliance from Lowe's or Home Depot, Talk about division. There might be division here in this room when you talk about, you know, two hardware stores that are competing with each other. But when you go to a hardware store and you buy an an appliance, that appliance usually comes with a manufacturer warranty. And what that's saying is the manufacturer will stand by that product as long as the product is used for what it was designed to be. You can even get an extended warranty from the store itself. However, if you use that appliance for something other than what it was created and designed to be, you lose that warranty. You are no longer covered. You are stuck to deal with the appliance yourself. And so it is when God gives us a kingdom design of how nations should be structured and governed. He gives a warranty that if you align yourselves with the precepts of the kingdom of God and you allow God to be the ruler and reigner of your life, you will have blessing and peace always. 
But when you use the structures and the policies that God created and you oppose it and you use it for something other than it was designed to be, you lose the warranty. That's what's happening right here. God says, I will not help them. They chose to live under someone else's warranty, not mine. Now, we're not talking about salvation. Salvation is a whole different story. God makes a way when there seems to be no way, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But we're talking about governments that decide not to be ruled or under the authority and rule and reign of God. Verse 19 and 20, it's not on the screen, but I think it's so important to note. The people, after Samuel gave this incredible, divine, powerful argument, the people refused to listen to Samuel's message. Even so, we want a king. We want to be like other nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. Do you know what they were doing at this point with God? They said, leave us. We forget you. You are not ruler over us anymore. Friends, the root of all the problems that we are facing here in America are because we have replaced the one who's supposed to be the king of our nation. And we have put frail men and women into office to where we have allowed the government to, to truly believe that they own the structure and the system of this country. Am I speaking and trashing? Am I speaking ill and trashing the government? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is any government that begins to believe that they play the role of God and God no longer has the authority to rule and reign in their country, they are in grave danger. And the people who live in that nation, who allow it to happen on their watch, are in grave danger. It's because we replace God and redefine the design that God gave us. Sadly, just like what Samuel told the nation of Israel, that if you're hoping allegiance to civil government rather than the Lord who made all things, rules over you, holds everything together, you will be ruled by men which will come into your homes and bring rot and decay with eventually the very foundation of the structure crumbling as God would have defined that structure. So we, as a nation, have found ourselves replacing God in so many areas and redefining the standard of God. And so I want to cover just a few controversial areas that the word of God is very clear that God designed them for a purpose for him and his kingdom to rule own and reign over our lives and our nation, friends. If you don't believe me, check the word of God. Number one, is the family. We'll see it here. The family. Do you know that before governments ever existed, the family was the first institution that God brought to this earth? And he defined it of what it should be, what it should look like, how it should function, and what its purpose is. He defined it. It's very clear. He took one man. He created one man, male, out of the male, let me go back. That male was complete in God's image, fully complete individually. Friends, you don't have to find marriage in order to be complete. If you are incomplete and you find a complete person to marry you, marry you, you have an incomplete marriage. 
An incomplete person and an incomplete person come to find completion in being together. It doesn't work. So out of the man being complete in the fullness in the image of God comes the woman. Fully complete in and of herself in the knowledge and the image of God Almighty. And then God does something so awesome. He conducts the very first wedding ceremony in a beautiful garden. And he has the man and woman in a covenant relationship. Not a piece of paper. A covenant, a promise to one another that you will be faithful unto God. And then they make a covenant, a promise, an eternal promise to God that God would always be the center and the ruler of that marriage. How long did that last? Because they believed a lie that God was holding out on them. And they didn't have what God has already given them. And they sought out to be like others and what they thought was the perfection of God's creation. And instead of allowing the creator to rule over them, they found themselves being ruled by creation. You see, out of a man, God brought the woman of equal form, both in the image, in the completion of God. Out of the woman comes a baby. You see, the family unit was designed by God for three things. Don't miss this. Number one, it was to reflect. To reflect God's image. The family, your family, my family, was designed to reflect God's image. And then when you reflect God's image, you replicate. It's the second thing. You replicate, you fill the earth with more babies, mini-me's. But the purpose is for, not, for, for them not to look like you, for them to be the image and reflect God. Because when that happens, you reflect God and you replicate and raise up people who follow the precepts of God's kingdom and make God their Lord and their king. And that is supposed to impact culture and society to be and to live out the kingdom of God. But government, again, I'm not trashing government. I'm not saying we should go and just totally protest and throw stones and rocks at the government and do all this stuff, right? We have the government, it's because we asked for it. We have a king and we have an office because we decided that we did not want the Lord to be our king. Now, when our nation was founded, it was founded by godly men and women who wanted to honor God. But the government system began to become abandoned from God and the foundation of God. And we find ourselves now in rot and decay because the government now feels and believes that they own the family. And if they own the family, that means they can redefine what the family looks like and how they're to function. the truth, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying when we remove ourselves from the foundation of God's precepts, we will have chaos and destruction of every kind. That's why we're facing what we're facing. It's not God pouring out punishment just to punish us. It's because we have rejected him as Lord and put man to rule and reign over us. If you're uncomfortable now, let's go to the second one. Sexuality, marriage, and gender roles. First of all, I speak on behalf of the leaders in the church. If we don't agree on this, I want to let you know it's okay. I want to let you know that you are still loved by God and you're fearfully, wonderfully made. And God 
wants to continue to bless your life. But let's just be honest. Not everyone sees eye to eye on here. So that's why I think it's really important to go back to the design as God defines it. Not man, not social media, not science, not psychology, God. Okay? Sexuality, he made sex and said it was good. But sex in the context of a family, given a covenant to one another and to God, was first. Then replicating was second. We've decided that since we own individuals and we own governments and philosophies that we can redefine sexuality. We cannot, but we do. And we have confusion and chaos all over the place. People cohabitating together before signing a piece of paper rather than a sacred covenant. We approach marriage like trying on shoes. We go to the shoe store and we just, we want to try them on and maybe we'll even, maybe we'll even pay for them and then we'll just say, you know what, I'm just, if I don't like them, I'll return them. And so government has followed suit and says, hey, you know what, not everyone's going to stay married and not everyone's going to stay true to their covenant, so let's, let's make a system and a policy for divorce. And now they're handing out divorce papers like candy on Halloween. If you've been through a divorce or you've been a victim of divorce, know that you are loved and God wants to redeem you and grow you and fulfill his promises in you. But divorce was never a part of his design. But our culture and our society has created and redefined policies and rule over people to say that it's okay to do what you're doing. And when marriage is viewed as just a little more permanent relationship and it's a piece of paper, that piece of paper, friends, is not going to hold your marriage together when the storms and floods come. When government redefines how life should be lived out that is directly going against how God designed it to be, there will always be absolute chaos. Men, getting to decide what men should be, even if it's passive, weak, no longer leaders modeling what it should be of the kingdom of God to their kids and to their wife. They're supposed to be the protector and the provider of the family, but guess what? You get to decide. Women get to decide whatever your role means, whatever you think, whatever you like, whatever your pleasures is or are. And guess what? Children now get to decide if they're going to be parented by their parents or not. Hello. Kids were never designed to be the parent. And we have gotten away from God's rules legislation, values of raising our kids up in the ways of the Lord. And now we have families, some in our church, don't know the values in the kingdom of God, and they allow their kids to call the shots, and they wonder why their kids aren't listening to them, respecting them, loving them, doing what they say. It's all over, friends. It's all over the place. And I know I'm running out of time. Oops. I do want to say this, friends. God spoke this to me this week about marriage. So husbands, wives, I really want you to listen up. If you're not married, I want you to heed the warning. This is so important. We have twisted scripture for what a husband and a wife should look like. We have twisted it to say that the husband should be the lead of the home. Yes, the husband should be the head, just like the head of the body. But the head does not control the entire body. It was never meant, men, you were never designed to abuse and control 
that which was your responsibility. Jesus said, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You are the servant of the family, just like a head. Husbands, you are the eyes and the ears protecting and providing for your family. You're thinking 10 steps ahead of your kids. You are watching out for your wife's safety, protection. You're preserving the family. You're the mind, not the brains. You're the mind. Don't think that you're the brains of the family. (laughs) You're the mind. What does the Bible say about the mind? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Husbands, are you renewing your mind in the Lord's word so that you can protect and provide for your kids and your wife? Wives, you have just the powerful and most important role as well. You're the heart. Women, you're the heart of the home. You bleed for the family. You pump the blood through the family. You care and nurture the family. And guess what? Without the heart, the head ceases to function. It's only a matter of time where you get a flat line. But do you know, the brain can be dead and the heart's still pumping. But the organs once they realize the brain's not operating, they begin to shut down. The organs are your kids, your generation, your legacy. Mom and dad, husband, if you're not allowing the heart to bring life and oxygen as a teammate and a partner and wives, if you're not connected and on the same page, Loving together, submitting to one another, the organs in your family are going to cease to function. Moving on. Next point. All life. All I'm going to say with this is all life matters to God from the womb to the tomb. From the womb, it's life. It's not a mother's choice. It's life. Now, I understand there is like a 0.5% where there are rape and different things like that. There are also other situations where the wife's or or the the mom's life is at stake. I get all that. But we're talking a very, 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 very small percentage. The rest is choice. Okay? I understand that there are exceptions and you have to walk through the word of God when you meet that situation. But then when that child is born, the orphans, those who are abandoned, and by the way, guys, that head and heart analogy, there are so many moms right now who are supposed to be the heart of the family. They're also the head of the family. God never designed one parent to be the heart and the head of the family. You need both. Mom and dad, your kids need both of you. When they grow, when they get older, retired, some disabled, the church, the kingdom of God is supposed to take care of them, not the government. It was never the government's design to take care of the marginalized. It was God's command to the church. And last but not least, when false definitions and undermining definitions take root in civil society that God goes against and that is against the creator's design by reflecting his image, carrying out his purpose and plans, when that is opposed and in the opposite direction of God, You can count on it every time that nation is decaying, rotting, and soon will crumble. Okay, so what do we do with that? Great encouraging message. Thank you. We're all screwed. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) 
we have a lot of options, but we have only one source of hope, and that's the Lord. And we need to get back to his design. For your life, for your family, for your neighborhoods, for our schools, and for our communities and our world. And no matter what happens in November, friends, we are still the church and God is still on the throne. And he has called us to follow the standard that he has designed and set in place for us to follow. The question is, will you follow it? Will you go against the grain of our culture and follow God rather than man? So what do we do? Band, you can come up. I'm going to go through these quick. Number one, vote according to God's standards. If you are voting democratically, vote against, uh, according to God's standards. If you're voting Republican, vote because God is leading you through his values and standards to vote that way. And if you're not voting for Republican or Democrat, don't just not vote. Vote according to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to uphold the values that he has set forth. Number two, live in a way that reflects God. Let our families here at Elevation Community Church begin a new generation and a new legacy. Number three, fight for God's design in your life, in your homes, in your nation. Fight for your families. What's at stake? Everything. Father, as we worship you right now in this time, we just acknowledge that we are not in control. We can give our vote and we can stand firm on what we believe, but God, you are the one who changes the heart. You are over and sovereignly over every course of action that happens in our world. So God, we need you. We need you more like never before. We ask you, God, to come and intervene in November in a way that only you can do. It may not look like it to us, but we know that you are in control and ultimately you will have the last say. And so we worship you this in this moment, in this hour. We strip away all of our distractions, all of our plans for the day, and we just want to get in alignment with you, God. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.